Welcome home, friends. This is Pastor David, and you are listening to the Community Life Podcast. We pray this message is an encouragement to help build your faith and focus your life toward Jesus in His way. We also hope that this podcast is an open door of invitation for you to come and see what God is up to here at Community Life. So plan a visit. We'd love to meet you in person. Lastly, if this is your church home or you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so by visiting madeforcommunity.com forward slash give. Thanks for listening. Uh, This is from Romans chapter eight, and we have a lot of Bible today, and so I hope that you're ready to hear from the word of God. Um, Romans chapter eight and Ephesians chapter three, and um, and I'm gonna do my best, absolute best to finish by 1115, okay? But I hope, if you need to use the restroom, now is the time to go. If you need to get an extra cup of coffee or some donuts, now is the chance to get it. Um, because God has got a great encouragement for you today um, out of the scriptures uh, as, we look into, as we look into it. So here we go. This is Romans 8, starting in verse 28. It says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Ephesians 3, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, remember that, his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and you may have and, you, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And this is it right here. Now all glory to God. Let's sing this. Like, can we say this together? Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for hanging with me. I know it's a lot of Bible, but it really helps pave the way for where we're going today. All right, just a couple quick things before we get into the actual message. First, last week you saw this card. It's sitting on my refrigerator. Anyone have one on their refrigerator right now? If you don't, take it with you. It's on your chair and put it on your refrigerator. And every time you walk by to grab something to drink or something to eat, ask God, how can I participate in making this house a home? What, what can I do to help make this house a home? Starting in May, we're gonna be doing a remodel of our lobby. And why are we doing this? We're doing it because right now, after church and before church, we don't have anywhere to hang out. And I know you're thinking, well, I mean, we've got a courtyard and we have a lobby, what's, what's the point? The point is we need, after two years of being apart, we need to be together. 
And we need to spend time together. And I said this last week and someone laughed at me, but it's so true. We need to waste time together. <laughs> I tell you what, part of what makes this church so amazing is that it wasted a lot of time over the past 75 years just being together. No real objective beyond community and connection. And so my prayer is that you would just take this, put it on the fridge, pray about it, say, God, how are you leading me to help make this place a home with open doors for anyone to come and see what God is like? So take it, read it. We're going to continue to talk about it over the next two months. The next thing is on your chair, there's an Easter invite card. We're going to talk about this during the message a little bit. But this Easter, we're talking about come and see, come and see. Easter Sunday, a great opportunity. Make sure you grab one of these, grab two if you have two friends that you want to invite. This is going to be an amazing time. Okay. Lastly, worship night, you got to come. It's the best. And childcare is available. Um, and they're going to be building a birdhouse. Is that right, Brad? Yeah? Brad the builder, building birdhouses? It's going to be awesome. My kids are going to be crazy for you. I hope you love it. So that's going to be happening tonight. Okay. A lot has happened in our service already. And so let us just take a minute to breathe and kind of store everything away in, in our minds to be able to recount. But um, because today we are building and beginning a new emphasis for the month of April, building on what we talked about last month. Last month we talked about hospitality, right, in March, about having open doors for all people to come. Well, we're building on that this month, talking about the practice of invitation. And just like the card says on your chair, a series will be called Come and See. Come and See. And we're spending April talking about invitation, or what so many might call evangelism. It's really what it is. Because all throughout the scriptures, we see this priority from God where he invites humanity into his good work of restoration. He invites people to simply come and see what he is doing and to be a part of it. From when God called Abram, Abraham, inviting him to be the father of his people, to when God met Moses in a burning bush and invited him into this rescue mission in Egypt, to the prophets and the kings and the judges and all throughout the New Testament, we see this priority and this practice of active invitation. An invitation that has the Holy Spirit's power to literally alter the course of human history. But more importantly, in this moment, to help shape the course of our futures. And that's the first thing I need you to remember today if you're taking notes, that God uses often what seems seemingly simple invitations. God uses seemingly simple invitations to change what is and to shape what could be. God extends invitations, but he also appropriates invitations and moves through the invitations of others. We just heard this, right? Sovereignty, God makes all things work together for good. And he does this to reveal his glory and goodness out into the world. But why does he do this? What's the point of God being so active? What's the point of God orchestrating moments through invitation? Well, it's a really simple answer, actually, and it's found in probably the most famous scripture in the entire Bible. It's so that none should perish, but have eternal life. John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. 
that whoever believes in him, whoever receives his invitation, should not perish but have eternal life. And not just eternal life for later, but like we just heard in Romans 8, the fullness of life with his spirit for today. A good invitation, friends, a good invitation can change everything. It reminds me of this season when I was, the season when an invitation made its way to me that literally set my life and the course of my life, my future on a whole new path. It was like 2004. Um, my brother had just died. I was a bit of a mess. We tried to go back to school for university at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. And, I, and the whole point was like, I just didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I was, I was just trying to make sense of life. And I, and I got this feeling in my time there that I had to leave, that I just had to get out of town. And so I started looking for schools and I looked for schools all over, but I landed on uh, the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. And at this time, it was, a, it was a bit of a risk. And so I called my dad and I said, Dad, I just want you to know, I booked a school tour in Minneapolis and he was so happy that I was gonna make something of my life. And so he said, he, he said, hey, that sounds great. But he said, while you're out there, you should also schedule another tour at Bethel University. It's in St. Paul, it's just down the street. And he said, I, I know some people on the board. I'll see if they can send you an invitation. And, and they did. And I get this invitation from Bethel to come and see, got it? Just to come and see it. And so I go and it felt right. And I apply, I don't even go to the second tour. I apply, I get in, and then I move into the dorms at 24 years old. <laughs> Y'all, I was living with like 18 year olds still trying to figure out how to shave their face, you know? And I'm 24 living in the dorms. I went from like late night Taco Bell after my band played at a, at a bar one night to now living with a curfew of 10 p.m. at this Christian university. And, and it, was, uh, it, was, it was hard and it was different but so totally crazy how different my life had become, all because of an invitation. All because of an invitation. Now fast forward a couple months, I finished my first year there, and uh, before I moved to Minnesota, I had arranged um, with my, with my a, a summer job back in Oshkosh, and so school's out for the summer, I pack up all my stuff in my 1996 Ford Windstar, and anyone else have a Ford Windstar? It was forest green, all the rage. You know what I'm talking about? Thanks again for that car. It was wonderful. Um, and so I pack up my whole life in this minivan and we drive, I drive back to Oshkosh only to find that my position at this photography studio had been filled. And I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this where you have all these plans in place and then it just slipped through the cracks. And, and <laughs> hello, Norm, there we go. Um, but I was stressed out. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't, everything was up in the air. Everything was up in the air. But I tell you what, with all the wisdom of my 40 years, with all the wisdom of my 40 years, I am convinced that it's in the impossible, that it's in the unknowns, it's in the disappointments that God most often extends his invitations. 
And so I'm stressed and I don't know what to do. And so I call up my uncle in Minneapolis. I said, hey, my job just fell through. I don't really know what to do. He said, hey, we have a guest room. Why don't you come back and live with us for the summer? Just come and see it. And then we'll figure things out, you know, give you a place to land. And so I did. I went back. I drove back that four hour and 20 minute drive back to the Twin Cities. And I and I um, and I move in and and it's all of these compounding invitations hitting me and setting me in a new direction. So I get there, I move in, still trying to figure out what's next when my cousin walks up to me and he says, he's working at this church in Minneapolis and he says, hey, we're taking a canoe trip and we're looking for a worship leader. I know you play music, would you ever wanna you know, hop on this, this youth canoe trip? And I said, uh, and he said, it pays, like 500 bucks. And, and as a man without a job, I'm like, count me in, man. And so I hop on this canoe trip and, and it was incredible. It was one of those moments where you look back and say life changed because of it, you know? It was one of those moments where, where you come out the other side and you don't know why you went, but you know on the other side that you needed to. So I get back from this canoe trip, I'll tell you stories about that sometime, but I get back from this canoe trip and I'm thinking, okay, now what? But we had such a great time that my cousin is like, David, this was great, it was great working with you. How about you just come on staff at the church? How about you just come on staff at the church and help build a youth worship ministry? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And so for the next two years, I was on this path toward ministry, serving students, growing in faith and obedience, all because of an invitation was extended and an invitation was received. Now, graduation finally comes. Praise the Lord. Right, mom and dad? Woo, woo. And with it, another opportunity. A church, um, the church that I was serving at, um, they were planting another location in Northeast Minneapolis. It's right kind of the downtown area of Minneapolis. And the pastor, Michael, asked if I was interested in being a part of it. He said, I don't know if you're interested, but, but just come and see the neighborhood. Just come and check it out. See how it, see how it feels. And I did. And I moved. As God continued to refine me and include me on his unbelievable mission towards showing the world what he was like. And listen, as I look back on this, this season of invitation received, I know this path had nothing to do with me. It's my story, sure, but it had nothing to do with me being in the right time or the right place or being the right person. It had everything to do with God calling and arranging and orchestrating moments through the invitations of others for the sake of his glory and my good. And I think back on Ephesians 3, this passage we heard just a moment ago, and I think back on this and I'm like, man, the 24-year-old me living in grief and insecurity and in the unknowns, I could have never in my wildest dreams, I could have never dreamt or imagined or asked what would happen in those three years. Never. I could have never once planned the progression from college to the canoe trip to church planting. And that's because when you're in the dark, when you're in the dark, just about every step seems like either the right one or a pitfall. When you're in the dark, it's almost impossible to see the right path before you. But when you say yes, when you accept an invitation with God's hand on it to come and see, it's then that God opens your eyes to what's really before you. It's then that God opens your eyes to what could be. 
It's then that God opens your eyes to Ephesians 3, immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within you. And it's this power of invitation that we're talking about uh, throughout the month of April. Why? Why are we talking about invitation? It's because the world that God so loves is walking in darkness. The world that God literally sacrificed himself for is walking in darkness and it needs to know that a new life of faith and love and freedom and purpose and possibility is available to them. And God, he, he wants to use us, Norm. He wants to use us to extend the invitation. Romans 10 says it like this. It says, but how can they, the world, how can they call on him, the father, to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless, if they haven't heard about him? And lastly, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? God does the work, but it's up to us to be a people of invitation. Now there's a moment in our scriptures, New Testament, that paints this reality so crystal clear, and we see it play out in all of the gospels. But specifically, the one we'll be looking at today is found in John chapter one. And this story, it picks up at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So he's around 30 years old. He's fresh off of the baptism from John the Baptist in Matthew three. He's fresh off the temptation in the wilderness in, in chapter four. He has done everything required of him to be seen and respected as a rabbi. And now he's here, he's out ready to extend some invitations to the world. And this is it in John chapter one. Again, a lot of Bible, but it's worth it. It says the following day, John was again standing. John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. When Jesus looked around and saw them following, what do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Invitation number one, come and see. Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Verse 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon, second invitation, to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, invitation, come follow me. Philip was from Bethesda, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Peter, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? I think we all have a Nazareth in our life, right? Here's the invitation. Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. We're almost to the end. As they approached Jesus, as they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. 
Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you truly are the son of God, the king of Israel. This is the end. Jesus asked him, do you believe this is just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? Underline this in your Bibles. You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Any Led Zeppelin fans? Stairway to heaven? Anybody? No? You can't talk about Led Zeppelin in church? We can talk about it. It's stairway to heaven. Come on. Thanks, Jason. All right, so follow me in this timeline real quick. So the boys, Andrew, Philip, Peter, Nathaniel, they are living in this transitional season of life. As good Jewish kids, they would have all longed to be chosen and respected and called by a rabbi to continue to learn and grow and eventually become rabbis of their own. But as the story goes that we have, this was not their story. They were not invited into this life. Andrew, we see, was a disciple of John the Baptist, and that's awesome, and we know John as this great hero of the faith, but I tell you what, in the first century, he was not respected by the Jewish community. And so here are these boys, they're living in an odd mixture of disappointment and limited vision for what could be when Jesus hits the scene and he invites them and he walks past John and Andrew, along with another, compelled by what John said, took off and followed Jesus. They said, Jesus, where are you going? And Jesus said, first invitation, he says, come, just come and see. Where are you going, Jesus? Just come and see. And friends, this was no invitation to just check out his digs for the night. Now, this was an invitation to come and see and learn from him as rabbi. Come and see. And they did. And from there, Andrew, he goes to his brother, Simon, and Simon Peter, and he's like, hey, Simon, we found the Messiah. Come, see. And he did. And the next day, Jesus is back, and he bumps into Philip, who is uh, from Andrew and Philip, uh, Peter's hometown. And he calls out to him. He says, come, follow me. Come and see what life can be like. I want to show you the way. And Philip follows, and then he goes to Nathaniel, and he says, Nathaniel, we found the Messiah, the one that, that Moses and the prophets were writing about. We finally found him, and he's from Nazareth. And he's like, well, what can come from Nazareth? That's good. And Philip says, come and just come and see. Just come and, and check it out. See for yourself. And he does, and Jesus speaks to him and opens his eyes to his presence, and then he says, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's one invitation after another that went on to shape and change the lives of these men. But it also went on to shape and change the course, literally, of all human history. As one Andrew be, becomes two with Peter, becomes four with Philip and Nathaniel, which becomes 12, I can't do it, which becomes 12 disciples, to 72 followers, to 120 in the upper room, to 3,000 being added to their number on a single day at Pentecost, to the church expanding and multiplying for 2,000 years with compounding interest in billions of unexpected stories woven together for the glory of God. But it all started with one. 
It all started with one simple invitation to come and see. Come and see. So that none should perish but have eternal life. Just come and see. It was one simple invitation by God that put into motion a cascading effect of faith and glory that we are all still living in the wake of today. And what's so amazing is that this sovereign progression of spirit-filled moments that leads us up to this present will continue to echo from us as God chooses to occupy our invitations. Our invitation to come and see what life could be like. Just come and see. And, and I, listen, I don't want to get too deep into the paradox of God's orchestration with sovereignty and our own unique free will. Because folks have been fighting about that for about 2,000 years. I just know as I look back on my own story that God moved through my dad inviting me to check out a different school had he not moved through my dad inviting me to check out that school I would not be standing right here now thank you dad I get to live in the greatest city in the known world <laughs> and that's because from college to canoeing, to church planting, this progressive of invitation eventually introduced me to Rebecca. And I invited her to marry me. <laughs> and she did, praise the Lord. And it was then, in our first year of marriage, that we felt invited to leave Minneapolis to go and plant this church in Wisconsin, an invitation that we accepted. And it not only changed our lives, but it changed the lives of so many who came to know Jesus because of the church. And while we were there, friends, Pastor Bill, he was planning on retiring here. And so a search committee went into place to try to find the next guy who would stand on this stage. And, and, and the search committee reached out to a guy named Dr. Bill, who was a part of our family of churches called Converge. And, and, and he reached out to him to help find some candidates, a man that I spent some time with after I was invited to go to Sweden to talk about the future of the church and church planting. And so I was there with Dr. Bill, and he says, hey, uh, there's this church looking for a new pastor. I just want to invite you to put your resume in. And I didn't. <laughs> I didn't for about five months. I refused. He invited me for five months before Rebecca and I finally came and, and, and saw. Come and see, come and see what life could be here. And now for his glory, because of your invitation, friends, this was your invitation. Because of your invitation and our saying yes, we can look back, we can all look back and praise God for changed lives. We can look back and thank God for greater faith, for new believers, new confession, new baptisms, new members, new ministries, and even new life. I was talking to Pastor Jeff about this, and it's, it's really weird if you think about it this way, but I just want to, abundantly more than all we can ask or imagine. So picture this, had Rebecca and I not come, and a different pastor took the position, it's possible that some of your incredible staff would not be here right now. That's real normal. New pastor comes in and brings some staff, whatever, to, to fit his needs. 
And so had I not come and a different pastor, came, uh, some of the staff might not be here. And Jeff, may, maybe he wouldn't have stayed. And if he wouldn't have stayed, it's probably, it's possible that Brooke and him wouldn't have chosen to have a child right now. To which the beautiful Elizabeth Blanton would not be here. <laughs> because she is, she is because with God, one thing always leads to another. She's here because God moves in power through our invitations. She is here. I am here. We are here because God moves through invitation for his glory and our good. And God is calling the world to come and see what life could be both now and for eternity. It's his work. It's his message. But he's doing it with your mouth. It's his work. It's his message, but he's doing it through your words, your story, and your invitation. And so the question I want to leave you with today is just, what will you say? What will you say? If you're sitting here today, then you're already living in the wake of someone else's invitation. If you're sitting here with faith in Jesus, now destined for heaven, for all of eternity, then you are, you are already a byproduct of God occupying someone else's invitation. You are who you are in his house because God moved in such a way that an invitation was brought before you. And so what will you say? What will you say? How might God use your life as an open door of faith for another? And please hear me say one more time that, th that this is, it is not your job to save people. It's not your job to save people. It's, your it's not your job to convince people or peddle salvation like a used car salesman. No, your job, your only job is that you would want to share what you found. Salvation is God's responsibility. God just expects you to share the good news that saved you. God just wants you to share the hope that now secures you. To say, come and see what life can be wherever you are, whenever you are, to whoever is there. And maybe, I think, you know, just practically, I think maybe that is, you know, sitting down and having a really clear gospel presentation, five spiritual laws with a coworker over coffee at lunch. I don't know. Maybe it's inviting your kids' friends to our crazy neon egg hunt that's happening on Easter Sunday here. Maybe it's coming alongside a friend who's hurting and telling them, like, this, come and see how I made it through something similar. Maybe it's just playing the long game with your boss when all your other employees complain and do things halfway, but you go the extra mile with a smile on your face. I don't know. All I know is that I am where I am because God moved through invitation after invitation, even when the person who was inviting had no idea what that invitation might do. It's only God as he leads. And so what will you say? I'd like to close with a story, one more. You're going to hear a lot of stories this month. We'll go back to study in May, but we need to see what God does. And so one more story. It was winter, 1850. 
a young man walking the streets ducked into a small English church to escape a snowstorm. Little did he know that the pastor of the church, he couldn't make it that day because of the weather. And so um, an unknown guest preacher, you know, from the congregation stepped up to give this message. During the message, the preacher, he looks out and he felt compelled when he saw this, this young man disheveled sitting on a pew. He felt compelled and, and he just said, he said, trust in Jesus, repent and believe. Repent and believe, trust in Jesus. And it said in this moment that the young man, he immediately recognized his need for Jesus through this invitation and gave his life to the Lord. Now this young man's name was Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon, if you might not know who that is, but he responded to this invitation and he went on to become a preacher of his own with one of the greatest impacts on the church over the past 200 years. He preached more than 40,000 sermons to more than 10 million people. Y'all, a last minute guest preacher during a snowstorm invited a man in a season of frustration to come and see the goodness of God. And this man went on to be one of the greatest heroes of the faith in all of church history. Are you tracking what God can do with an invitation? God wants to move through your life, through your words to show the world what he is like and to call them into a better life of faith. God wants to use you, whoever you are, wherever you've been, with whatever you have to make an introduction. So what will your life say? What will you say? You know, we all have a pretty unique and low-key opportunity in the coming weeks to say, come and see what God is like as Easter approaches. Just think for a moment. Just think what God could do on Easter Sunday as he occupies your invitation this week. Think about that for just a second. Just think what God could do as he occupies your invitation this week on Easter Sunday, if they come. As he moves in power through your relationships, God might inspire the next Charles Spurgeon through your invitation, or God might inspire the next guest preacher who inspires the next Charles Spurgeon through your invitation. It's not up to us to predict what God might do. It's up to us to say, come and see what life and love and faith we're always intended to be. We extend the invitation, we do the praying, and God will do the rest. And so what will you say? What will you say? Everyone just quickly pick up that card that you sat on. I'm almost done. I'm sorry, I'm almost done. I'm sorry to the to church kids upstairs that are waiting on me. Everyone just kind of take it and wave it around. I want to hear the little fan noise. Good. Gloria, you got a good, good form there, okay? I want you to take a minute, and I want to pray for these cards, these invitations, that they would make their way to those who need it most. And so think about the people in your life. Think about all the people who need some good news. 
Think about all the people in your life that don't know that God loves them. Follow me for just a moment. Close your eyes and picture their faces. Who do you see? Who do you see? God wants to do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine in their life, but he needs an introduction. Who do you see? God, want to make, God wants to make all things work together for good in their life, but he needs you to extend the invitation. So what will you say? What will you say? Let's pray right now. God, we thank you for today. God, we pray for all the faces in our mind, even now, as we hold these invitations and we picture all that you might do through a simple come and see. God, inspire our present to lead us into the future as we look back on all of your faithfulness, as we look back on all those moments and opportunities that came through, through, through your occupying invitations, God. God, we are where we are. We are here today because somewhere along the way, we have been invited into this moment. Whether it's the first time or whether we've been here 60 years, God, we were all invited once and now it's up to us to invite who's next. So God, give us the courage this week to simply say, come and see to hand this card to someone who might need it the most. God, we ask that you would give us courage to be able to see where we've been and also stand firm in where we're going as you lead us, as we respond to your invitation even now. So Jesus, we are asking that you would do a miracle through these moments. We're asking that you would meet us in this moment and lead us to those who need encouragement the most, God. God, that you would do immeasurably more than all we could possibly think or ask or imagine as a byproduct of this simple invitation extended. So Jesus, we are so grateful and we praise you in advance for all that you'll do. We thank you in advance for all the good that comes as a response to this. Come and see. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we ask all these things. It's in your name that we have prayed, your name that we have um, taken communion. It's in your name that we sing, your name that we give, the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names, and we all said, amen. amen. Come and see, y'all. Come and see. This month, I, and I do not, I don't take this lightly, this month could literally change the eternal future of our city. It could change the eternal future of the lives of our neighbors, our friends, and our family if we just had the courage to extend an invitation. God will do the rest. All you have to say is come and see. Feeling good? Inspiring what God can do, amen? All right, well, you are dismissed. We have, a, um, we have a church family business meeting that is gonna be concluding in about 10 minutes, and so if you need to get your kids, go grab them. Otherwise, I love you. I hope you have an awesome Sunday, and we'll see you next week, amen? Amen. amen. Catch you later.